1: Welcome to Next Step Leadership. My name is Chris Maxwell, and I'm honored to have another conversation with my friend, Tracy Reynolds. Good morning, Chris. Good to see you, buddy.
0: Uh, we, today, we are, are terribly honored to have Rebecca Shari with us. Um, I look forward to this, and I was telling her that I finished her book just this morning, <laughs> and I spread it out over the last 10 days. And Becky, welcome to the Next Step Leadership podcast.
2: Thank you. Chris and Tracy, I'm so happy to be here and get to have this time with
0: you. Well, thanks so much. You know, my first time through the Bible, I remember uh, I was taken aback by the words of Paul in Philippians 3 when he says these words. He says, I want to know Him and the power of His resurrection. And that resonated with me because I knew a lot about Jesus, but I didn't really know Him. And when I read Sight Unseen... I was reminded of the initial prayer. So would you do us a favor and tell us a bit about yourself? And let's start this journey talking and unpacking a bit about Sight Unseen.
2: Well, I've been, I was uh, led to Christ at a very early age. I was about almost six. And uh, I, so I had been a Christian for a very long time. And I knew that God spoke. I, I had had intimate times with him. But uh, I didn't feel like later in my uh, adult life that I really knew him well, the way I wanted to. And um, But then I had been in Christian service for all those years. My husband is a retired army chaplain, so we had 26 years as an army career, and during that time I worked as a teacher, Bible study leader, 40-hour-a-week volunteer on military installations, and that included uh, volunteer work with Protestant Women of the Chapel, which is the, um, the chapel ministry within, it's not a parachurch ministry, it comes out of the chapel. And at the time that we were in service, we had a quite a, a complex leadership um, pathway. And so I started at a local level as a advisor and then moved to a regional advisor, national advisor, and then international advisor. And so that gave me a lot of opportunity to be trained in Bible study writing and curriculum writing and uh, so many other things. So that's, writing has always been an interest of mine. And about the 25th year of our military service, the Lord began to stir such a longing in us, both Lou and me, that we began to look ahead to what he might want to do after military service. Um, as far as my growing up years, I grew up in South Carolina and attended a Pentecostal Holiness Church and grew up in the faith. And then uh, after that, when Lou and I married, he finished seminary. Uh, then the military chapel was our um, place of service. And so it's been a wide, broad background of um, multi-denominational, multi-generational, um, multi-ethnic service. And that has been just so enriching in our lives.
1: Mm. Well, if, if you guys have been serving in those in those ways, y'all have been an encouragement to so many other people. Um, you know, you talk about how it's been poz- a positive influence and had a positive effect on, on you both. But y'all have had such a positive influence in the lives of others. And that's another thing that excites me about the book. Uh, so, yeah, just kind of dive in and talk to us about the book, uh, what, uh, what motivated you. I know I uh, challenged you because I believed in your writing, <laughs> yeah. I believed in your voice, and I just tried to, tried to be nice, <laughs> but I nicely challenged you. Okay, more people need to hear, hear your heart, to hear your spirit and your wisdom. That you bring, so uh, yeah. Talk to talk to us about the book. I love the title. I love the cover, and I love the stories that you tell.
2: Well, I think writing a book, you did help me, Chris, uh, in challenging me, and really, especially that last conversation that we had, of really saying to me, "It's it's about time that you did this." But um, the professional side. Of writing a book had always been such a hurdle for me. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know the process you would take to go through a publisher. Um, but some of that um, angst was taken away when I did have an opportunity to work with a, um, a, pub, a acquisitions editor from a different company than I, than a, a true potential. Uh, but, in that process of writing a proposal and uh, talking to this gentleman who was a uh, acquisitions editor, I was able to work through the process of that mm-hmm. that side of writing a book, doing a proposal and I have to say, during that time, he helped me so much uh narrow down the book. Yeah. I had wanted to write it for. Many many years almost from the the start of uh, that journey because I kept very good journals during that time I have exact dates of when things happened and it was fun for me during the writing process to go back into all those journals and find the actual stories or a mention of it or a date that reminded me of the um, Process that the Lord had taken us through, in the story that I tell in Sight Unseen. And uh, so when I had an opportunity to write a chapter in someone else's book, John Campbell, I think you've you've interviewed him, and he wanted me to write on ministering to grief. One of the reasons I'd had so much trouble in recently in writing Sight Unseen is the death of my sister kind of knocked me for a loop, mm. and I just lost my words. I just lost the... Yeah. Uh, and it was right after t- that last conversation with the acquisitions editor. So I just dropped it. And then when, when John's book was launched, and I had a, an opportunity to talk to Chris again and meet um, the publisher, Steve Spillman, for uh, True Potential... Then did some praying about it. Lou and I talked about it and then felt like this was the right path. And so just taking that plunge of the signing, the um, book contract, and going forward with that. Now, the two months, I had two months to write it. Now, I probably could have squeezed a little bit more time in, but two months. And I didn't know if I could do it or not. Mm -hmm. But I have to say and emphasize that those two months were some of the most amazing times with the Lord and how the Holy Spirit led me, even in, I just feel like at times, writing things and reading back over them and it not even requiring much of an edit. Mm. Because I I really do feel that sight and was written in two months of inspiration by the Holy Spirit. And go ahead, Chris. You
0: you do a great job of telling the stories. Uh, So set the scene. You guys have, uh, you're on the, the culmination of a military career that's been stellar. And trying to discern the voice of the Lord is what are the next steps? What is it that God would have us do? So that's the setting for mm-hmm. and and you do this beautiful job of telling these stories from and what's what's the time period in
2: uh this covers about a six year time frame the book does from the start of about the twenty fifth year of Lou's career, he served twenty six now in all likelihood. Uh, He could have served to 30 years. But at that point, we're feeling some stirring from the Lord. And it's hard to describe the Holy Spirit restlessness. Hmm. There are two kinds of restlessness. There's one that Sinclair Ferguson describes as demonic, Hmm. where you cannot settle down. But this was a stirring of the status quo, a stirring of what had been a movement into a different phase. And we didn't know what that would look like. And I think when you feel that stirring, you're just poised uh, and and certainly on alert to hear where God's going to lead us. And so at that time, Lou mentioned maybe we should go to an advanced uh, he should get an advanced degree, and maybe that would prepare us for the next move. And so that next move was to apply for a doctorate at Beeson, which is uh, the uh, counterpart of Asbury Seminary, the Beeson School for Biblical uh, Leadership and Pastoral uh, Leadership, and and so he was accepted. We went through an interview process. It required both of us to be at that interview. And we heard uh, the interviewer say, you know, if you come to this program, which would was amazing because it, it involved um, so much um, travel to leading and cutting-edge churches and uh interviews and one-on-one contact with pastors from those churches all over the U.S. and then abroad uh, in Israel and in uh, South Korea. So it was just so much that this would provide, and we so wanted to go there. And so in the conversation, we hear, if you come, and then I start hearing, when you come. Mm -hmm. And so I said to Lou, prepare for this journey. And And we did go to the program, but as great as these opportunities to rub um, shoulders with leading Christian leaders like Eugene Peterson and others, and the opportunity to be with these other 19 pastors and their families, it was two international students that really stirred us in our faith. And in... We started the program in July, and by October, I had had enough um, time with those two families, one from Guatemala, one from uh, Uganda, that my faith was so stirred to want to know more.
0: Mm.
2: And so it was the international students that really stirred up our hearts. Their lives of faith were very different. Uh, I had lived a, an American brand of faith, and I'm seeing some some other level of faith that I really wanted. Hmm. And so I prayed one after, October afternoon, Lord, increase my faith and do whatever it takes.
0: Lord. Wow, that mm. sounds like a dangerous prayer right yeah, there. It, it was dangerous,
2: prayer. but it was safe. Uh, but I did feel like I had bungee jumped off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I look back in my journal have I ever asked the Lord to increase my faith? Yes, every other fa- page. Mm. But I had never said those words, and you do whatever it takes. Yeah. And give me that. a fresh new testimony. And so that started our journey. And and I didn't realize that Lou was praying to know more, to have more faith. It's just his prayers are very different than mine are. Mm -hmm. His were more in his head, and he didn't say those words that I said. But, you know, the Lord hears our heart and he knows what we mean when we're praying. So it was the two of us that were praying a unified prayer that the Holy Spirit inspired us to pray, and that he wanted to answer.
1: Well, how did how did God answer that prayer?
2: Well, when the program ended, we had an opportunity to go to several places that were just wonderful. There have been wonderful places to serve, one, a very large church, not a, a large Methodist church in Mobile, uh, Alabama. Uh, but we we're listening to the Lord and we're feeling that this isn't the right, this isn't what he's saying. It was a good thing, but it was not what he was leading us to do. And so about three weeks before that year was to end and we were to move out of our housing uh, that had been provided for us and move to wherever else we were supposed to go after that, Obviously, we couldn't go back to the army. We had retired. Other pastors in the program were going back to their churches or back to their conferences, and so we had to pray, Lord, where are you leading? And so we sought counsel. We called dear friends of ours, and that friend said, quoted from the last verse in the Proverbs 16, and, and the verse goes something like this. <clears throat> when the lot is cast into the lap, it is really the, the decision of the Lord. And so we just, uh, she said something that is seemingly coincidental or just out of the blue is, is the leading of the Lord. And so she says, you know, those things that are coincidental or happenstance are really, is really the Lord, so pay attention. And when Lou went out and happened to meet someone who said, there's a family we know who needs someone to house it. And I had said to Lou earlier, I think that if the Lord has not spoken direction to us, that we stay put until he does. I didn't mean to stay put in the seminary housing that we're in, but to stay put in the community, because if we haven't heard, we don't move until we do hear. So we had the opportunity to house sit that summer, and we spent that time praying and seeking the Lord, and toward the end of uh, the summer, Lou's parents called and said, you know, we're Uh, Lou's father was facing a time of surgery, heart surgery, actually. And he said, if you would come here and take over our church for a little bit, that would really be helpful to us. And we thought, well, how often do adult children get to do that? Mm. So we went to Alabama. I continued to pray. Lou continued to pray. And one afternoon, I was reading scripture. uh, And I read scripture in cycles. So I was reading the I was doing my reading in the Pentateuch and I came to Exodus where I was reading I started at chapter 36 and when I got to chapter 40 because I read 5 chapters a day the that's the last chapter in the book of Exodus and I came to the next to the last verse and that verse says when the cloud moved above the tabernacle uh, from the tabernacle the children of Israel set out And they did not set out until the day it lifted. Mm -hmm. And at that time, the Lord spoke to me in a very profound way. And he said, you and Lou are like the Israelite children. And when the cloud moves, you move. Now, sometimes when God speaks, and, and I want to emphasize, that was such a powerful moment because it was like a lightning bolt. It was a um, an illumination. It mm. it wasn't a just a feeling. And it was powerful. And then when I heard him say the words, you and Lou are like, this are like children, and when the cloud moves, you move, I heard it in my head. So it was clearly spoken. Mm. I have heard before, and I think it might be true, that that the clearer the instructions, the harder the task. And I think for us to have followed this pathway, I needed really clear instructions. But when he spoke that sentence to me, you and Lou are like the Israelite children, I understood more than he actually said. He communicates sometimes in layers of understanding. So I heard the voice but I knew that our household mm, goods true. were in storage after our retirement because the seminary housing we were in was furnished. And we only had those personal effects with us, uh, the things we would need personally. And we had our little Buick Sabre, a little smaller sedan, And I knew that we were to pack up our personal things that we could put in that Buick LeSabre. We were to listen for God. And we were to follow wherever he said to go, when he said to go, to whomever he said to go. And that was it. That was the instructions. I didn't know anything more than that. Uh, But I knew that I had to quickly understand And Lou and I both had to quickly understand, what does a cloud move look like? So when the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle, what did that mean for us? And I knew that it it meant God's guidance and his um, speaking. But I also knew that that was the reason for our prayer to to know more of faith, Lord, increase my faith and do whatever it takes. And I and I knew that the whatever for whatever it takes was the instructions that he gave us. And that somehow in our prayer that we wanted to know him more. That these whatever this journey was going to look like, then we were going to, that's what how he was going to answer our prayer.
1: What a what a great story that is! Just just hearing you as you tell it, and then you know reading through the book, and uh, yeah, we, we want to hear the the rest of the rest of the story. Uh, we'll we'll have you back uh, for next week's podcast. Uh, but before we end this one, just give us a, a quick reminder of the book.
2: Well, the book is sight unseen, uh, a story of courageous faith. And it's available at Amazon uh, in both paperback and Kindle format. It's available at Barnes & Noble and, and perhaps other outlets yeah. like that. Uh, and uh, Apple Books. And it's also available at RebeccaShirey.com. And for every book that's ordered at on my website, okay. RebeccaShirey.com, I sign those books. Put the... Bible verse that I felt that really spurred me on to write the book in Psalm 107:2, where it says, "Let the Mm -hmm. redeemed of the Lord tell their story."
1: That's so good, so good. That is so good, and we thank you for telling uh, your story to us. and And we'll talk to you again. And uh, this is a healthy way for all of us to just kind of glance at the sight unseen, so that we can find ways to let our next steps be our best steps.
0: Thanks for joining us on Next Step Leadership, the weekly conversation dedicated to your personal growth and leadership development. Chris and I are so glad you dropped in. You can find us on all your favorite podcast providers. Do us a favor and hit subscribe. And if you really want to help us, give us a rating. We so appreciate your support. Chris Maxwell is the author of 10 books, including Pause with Jesus, Underwater, A Slow and Sudden God, and his latest book of poetry, Embracing Now. You can find links to all of his work and our social media information at our website, nextstepleadership.buzzsprout.com. Our featured music is by Casual Americans. Their debut single is coming October 29th. Follow them on Instagram at Casual Americans to learn more and pre-save their new song, Somebody Famous. We release Next Step Leadership each Thursday. So join us again next week on The Next Step Journey, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step.